Games Podcast. The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, if you have a game, and it is good, then get time and it will thrive, and you will be rewarded. It's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals, uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the next game on, bitches! The holiday season is here, the boss is on vacation, and we've gone crazy! Yes, it's where I break you in half. Don't keep fucking saying that to me! Look what you've done! You know, you're just in time for our caroling session. We got a nice hot mug of cocoa. As you can see, we're all bundled up and we're ready to go. So just sit back, relax. And listen to Tom drown out the rest of us. Hey, come on, you guys. It's Christmas. That's okay. Come on. Okay, everyone ready? Get your places. Here's your note. Okay. Wait a minute, I'm blind, I'm blind, that thing cut me off! Oh, hello and welcome to episode number 269 of the Best Linux Games Podcast! Being recorded for you on this Friday, the 20th of December, 2019 at 17.19. Uh, 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 yeah, 17.19, 100 hours, yeah. Uh, I make it uh, uh, West Coast time, Pacific Coast time, Left Coast, Coast of the Most, I make it like what, 5, 19, or 17, or whatever, p.m.? 
crack engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth holding up the whiskey sign and once again encouraging everyone to respect the one true time and date format for our sequel friends 2019 12 20 17 20 now uh, holding up the whiskey sign though Ivor Merry Christmas buddy you've been with us for a long time man this is like our sixth holy shit this is our sixth Christmas anyway um Whiskey, you're fired, by the way. Uh, shove that in your stocking, motherfucker. We have an enormous show, but first the whiskey. First, the booze. Mm. Mm. Literally, this is one of the biggest shows that we've ever done. <coughs> but that's not saying much, considering that I think it was three years ago when every Steam store sale ran into each other from Thanksgiving through past New Year's. There was a Steam store sale every week and every one of those episodes fell on a Friday. That was a motherfucker of a year. In fact, if I remember correctly, our first episode uh, in the New Year that year um, after we like ostensibly survived was just a fucking crazy deranged rant. Because, I mean, really, I mean, at this point, if you are just a delusional psychopath gibbering, oh, wait, no, that's just Donald Trump. Um, you know, brazen your privates in the street like a simian. You are to be forgiven. This is, I mean, we're, we're coming into the home, home stretch. But anyway, let's get straight to our top stories. I've already mentioned that you're fired. Don't keep fucking saying First of all, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. By the time you, by the next voice you hear, by the time you hear this, the next sound you hear will be the ambassador's phone melting. Um, actually, by the time you hear this, it will not be Christmas. Uh, it depends on when. Christmas is this Tuesday, though. So we are within five fucking days. Really, four, if you exclude tonight. Um, holy fuck. I mean, what a fucking year. I mean, I'm bewildered. Like, I'm, you can tell. Like, I'm fucking shocked and stunned. So, Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday, Merry Christmaca, Kwanzaa, Kwanzaamas, Christmas, Festivus, or whatever. Thank you, Pope. Gre- I think it was Pope Gregor. Uh, same guy. I think it was the same guy uh, who uh, got us our system. Uh, well, the early form of our system of music. Uh, musical notation, um, which resulted in Gregorian chant uh, and the Gregorian calendar. Um, I totally lost the train of that thought, but it's okay. It's all right. We're almost there. We've almost survived. Um, I had to go to IKEA uh, since last we spoke, and that was, it was my first time at IKEA. Holy fuck. I'm never doing that again. Especially not the week before Christmas. But anyway, we have a huge fucking show for you this week. I mean, enormous. So let's get straight to our top stories. I, I There was a point somewhere in there, but I, I lost it. So, okay, Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa, Kwanzaamas. But hey, you know, whatever. I don't care. Whatever. I'm a non-believer. I envy those with faith, and if you still have faith, 
Well, boy, you're about to be rewarded. We have a huge show for you this week. So, Merry Christmas out of the way. All right, cool. Top stories. Uh, one of our favorite games, one of the best games that we have played this year, and one of the games that we have played most heavily this year, Nova Drift. If you've been listening to this show at all, or if you've been watching our live streams, like you, you're constantly seeing me on Twitch live streaming more Nova Drift, yet more Nova Drift. I've played 337 fucking hours of this game. It is one of my favorite games. I mean, that's a lot. Like, I mean, in like a role-playing game or whatever, that's one thing, but Nova Drift is a top-down space shooter with like a roguelike component. So imagine if Asteroids um, was like, uh, yeah, like a roguelike. Um, But with the same spirit of classic uh, arcade games like from the Atari era, like, you know, uh, Tempest. Tempest Tempest is a good analogy, even though they, they look nothing alike. The same deep, deep, deep um skill-based gameplay that Tempest rewards is, you know, at the heart and soul of No Drift, and you know, I've, I've had some really interesting discussions with Jeffrey Nielsen, uh, the, the programmer uh, behind No Drift, the, the designer, um, and I, I sent him a message last night when I saw that, ba-ba-ba-ba-bam, Nova Drift got a big update this week, uh, another rebalancing update, um, and they, he made it, oh my god, leave me alone, everyone, wow, shit, hang on, um, Novadrift got a huge rebalancing update, like, not a lot of new content from what I could see, I only got to spend, like, 45 minutes with it last night, but, um, I will tell you this, Novadrift, post this update, I sent him a message like immediately after I was like, wow, dude thank you so much, like, cause you know, it's Christmas I mean, you're coming up against the fucking holidays and the new year, hopefully he will take a well-deserved vacation, but in his absence he decided to make the game ridiculously more difficult it is super challenging now um it could have been just because I was insanely drunk and I wasn't stoned. I was just fucking ossified, tore from the floor up drunk last night. Um, but I only, like, my my good run from last night out of, like, 45 minutes, normally, like, a good run for me is getting to, like, level 140. Like, that's, like, you know, ish when I'm drunk and stoned. Uh, no, my good run last night was, like, level fucking 35 it was every run I started I just exploded and died it was so hard it was awesome I really like it can't wait to play it if you've been waiting to play it now's a great time to jump in you will find it punishingly difficult and I actually kind of like the punishing difficulty the punishing level of difficulty uh, in the update let's see if it's on sale because that's our next story yeah no, this is one of the best games that I've played this year um Right now, it's 25% off through January 2nd. It's part of the Steam Winter Sale, which is our next story. Uh, at $11.24, and it is... You have to be... You don't have to be willing to, like, 
commit a ton of time to like develop the skill based chops that you will need to really get good at Nova Drift because the game is so fun even when you suck and I, we all suck even like you know Disc 4 I'm sure Disc, actually I know this for a fact Disc 4 my buddy my Nova Drift buddy who uh, frequently uh, jumps in on the Twitch live streams he's much better at the game than I am but even he goes through slumps where he's like no I, I, I can't play it anymore this week cause like every, every fucking run I just die I just I, I start and I explode and I die and I I'm just I'm all fucked up you know blah even then and that's how you will experience the game even then it will enchant you if you like this type of game if you like um, if you like a 1980s Insensibility uh, style um, skill based top down shooter. Uh, but that's such a reductionist way of describing Overdrift, which is on my list of uh, Game of the Year awards. Um, what did I say? Oh, dude, look, here I am. Do not be fooled. There are hundreds of hours of playtime in this infuriating, fascinating, fast-paced tactical retake on asteroids. No run is ever the same, and the depth of the tech tree is astonishing. Wow. Well put, Seth. Well put. I mean, Scooby Sprite. Um, yeah, so check out Nova Drift. It's it's the it's the gift that keeps on giving. I, I mean, three hundred thirty seven hours. I, I've 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 had it for like I guess six seven months now. Maybe that's a lot of time. So yes, next up in our top stories, obviously the Steam Winter Sale is upon us, and later on in our deal section. We have a full fucking deal section for you. Let's see how many games we have. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Almost ten deals this this year uh, for the Steam Winter Sale, and these are of course our picks. But um, and you know, because I mean, there's all sorts of all the all the regulars, all the usual shit is here. This is the best. So most wonderful time of the year uh, to buy Steam games. Um, but we'll get to that and we'll we'll address them all in turn. It's gonna be about an hour and a half long episode, right? I Ivor. Oh man, Ivor's got the Jacob Marley. He's well, because he's you know uh, pan-dimensional now. He's a pan-dimensional being. Uh, he's got the chains. Oh, oh yeah. Let me guess. You. Fu- Ah, he forged them in life link by link. Yeah, fuck off. Fuck off, Marley. Um, you're fired. So, that's Nova Drift. We'll get to the deals at the end of the show. Our feature this week is all about Stadia, but before we get to Stadia, I have so much to say about Stadia. Um, we basically have like fucking three mini features mini fe- you are the mini features you are the mini detectives we have three mini features that we're going to do in the top stories here because I have to talk about them now because you need to know about them first of all super giant games makers of the much beloved on this podcast and universally uh it's not the all-time greatest masterpiece of you know video game history, but it is one of the most memorable games um, that we've played since we started this podcast six years ago. 
Supergiant Games, makers of Transist- Transistor and Bastion. Um, trans- they saw our faces. They saw your face. They know our name. Um, and they're going to come for us. <laughs> oh, come on, Ivor. Do it one more time just for me. Punch it up. We got four problems. We saw their faces. We know their names. Know what they're capable of. Find us again. They'll find you and finish the job. That's right. Yes. Transistor. Transistor. So Supergiant Games, makers of the much-beloved Transistor, have returned now this time with a roguelike, and it is fantastic. It is called Hades. H-A-D-E-S as in, like, hell. Um, H-A-D-E-S. Um, I got this game on Tuesday, I want to say. I've played seven hours already this week, and (coughs) six years ago, that would not be that big of a deal. I don't have hardly any any time the same depth of time that I used to have this game is fantastic you play uh, the role of uh, Zagreus uh, what do you call it um, uncertain parentage I don't want to give anything away but uh, son of Hades himself Right? I think, yeah, right? Yes, yes. Um, and you've decided that it's time to bounce. There is no introduction to this game. I don't know if that's by design because it's still in early access. Um, but we're talking about upgrades, upgrades, upgrades. If you want to talk about a game that you can play while you're stoned as fuck, endlessly, Hades is fantastic. It's a demi-isometric um hack and slasher uh, with a tight, punchy roguelike feet, roguelike design ethos and a uh, all the gorgeous, trademark hallmark, super giant uh, visual art style oozes out of this game it is so good it is really good like it's like my wet dream that super giant would make a roguelike so that's Hades <laughs> Um, Supergiant Returns. That is a big fucking... For me, that's a big deal. I hope it is for you, too. Um, next. So, while we all know that um, Pavlov VR is fucking broken on Linux, it's broken for a lot of people. In fact, the ProtonDB pages... I spent three hours last night trying to... I, I mean, at this point, since the game decided to not work anymore, it used to be my favorite and best virtual reality game um prior to November 4th or whatever um since then it, I mean it just instantly broke they updated the game and it broke for for Linux users and for um yeah which is a heartbreaker last night well okay so since then I have probably spent upwards of 20 hours trying to fix it. I've tried every fucking combination of every possible fucking thing. I've spent endless hours researching nothing. Because there's nothing I, I can find on how to fix it. And last night I spent another three hours trying to make it work. Well, Pavlov VR might not work, but what does work is the latest and greatest 
it's a virtual rea- physics based virtual reality it's called boneworks b o n e w o r k s and boneworks does what i really want to see out of pavlov vr and out of more vr games in general it leverages the ability you know the the fantastic capabilities if you have a valve index of the knuckles controllers you don't have to have an index you can play it with whatever you want but if you have an index it leverages the realism and uh what do you call it um the sense of full immersion that uh, the Knuckles controllers give you. So, like, you know, your fingers are completely responsive individually. Um, It leverages that with the same type, almost the same type of uh, gun mechanics as Pavlov VR, although they're much simplified, and then puts it into a real first-person physics-based shooter. It's very physics-based. And it's not just, it's not a shooter so much as it is um... If Portal and Pavlov VR had a baby, that is Boneworks. And this game will suck you fucking in head first from the very start. You have minor telekinesis and etc. But the way the game just like unfolds into this narrative story that you experience in first person there's no cinema sequences or anything I don't even remember an introduction sequence you just like, you start the game and like, bam, you're there, standing there like I was telling Jeff Jeffy Wise, friend of the show earlier today you start the game and I was really drunk and stoned when I, when I, I played, I played I think like four hours of it in one sitting while live streaming it um, that should give you an idea of how good the game is. This is a virtual reality game. You need a headset. You need, you know, blah. It's fantastic with the Knuckles controllers. But the game just starts with like you standing at a workstation. Um, and there are three things in front of you. In the center in front of you is like uh, a table where items are being um, teleported in. To your right is a big circular red thing that's like an incinerator and then on the right, on the left is like a big blue thing which is like where you put things that need to be filed and above each object that gets teleported in it says where it needs to go. Do you file this or do you incinerate it? And this introduces you to the the minor telekinesis uh, aspect of the game. Other than the minor telekinesis aspect of Boneworks, everything else is hardcore physics. So when you get a crowbar, um, let's say there's a bunch of lockers, and this is just like, it's interstitial. The game does not like tell you what to do. You are like, you escape, you don't escape, but like you wander away from your working position eventually. And you get a crowbar and stuff and blah, but you can just use your hands. But like one of one of the most notable things that like has been streamed a lot on YouTube and etc. about Boneworks, it's a great fucking example of the way the game works. You have a crowbar. That's a big metal stick with a little hook on the end of it. It's got like a um, a claw hammer on the end of it. 
come to a bank of lockers. This is not, you don't have to do this at all. The game does not give a fuck what you do. So long as you just keep going and live. Um, these lockers, these metal lockers are just like gym lockers or like high school lockers. You know, they have like a, a, a handle on each door. Well, you can reach out with your crowbar and hook the um, claw hammer end of it into not to break them open, just to open them into like those handles and pull them open. Same thing with doors. That's how doors work in the game. Same thing with climbing. Has some of the best climbing I've ever seen. In fact, Boneworks might be the best virtual reality game that is out there in the world. Period. It might be. And as you go through you the back part of like, you know, the back offices and shit and the, the break rooms and then eventually into the museum of the company that you work for, which is all about virtual reality and telepresence and stuff, you start to realize that shit has gone really really wrong but it teaches you all the mechanics. The climbing in it is fantastic. Jumping etc. is fantastic. The gunplay is fantastic. Um, but until you've killed an enemy with, you know, a brick for the 50th time by bashing them in the face with it, you will not understand Boneworks. And then and it has a unique sensibility. Like I said, it's like Pavlov VR and Portal. The original Portal had a baby in VR. One of the craziest things that I've done in this game, I'm not going to ruin it, I don't want to say too much about Boneworks, but one of the craziest things that you can do is, because like, you know, your company's all about telepresence, telekinesis, and and um, virtual reality, virtual matter, what matters is what are things that are virtual, do they matter? Do you matter? What matters? Does it matter virtually or does it matter materially? <laughs> Very much like super hot VR. One of the craziest things though in this game is you you eventually get to a gift shop and there are earlier models of the virtual reality headset for sale there that your company manufactures. You can put the virtual reality headsets on in VR. Which is just a, I mean, it's just a mindfuck. They, 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 they went all the way with this game. It is fantastic. It's called Boneworks. Um, now before we get to our feature, uh, on Stadia, I want to take a brief moment because this is like a critical darling. I want to talk, I want to talk a little bit about a game called Disco Elysium. Disco, D-I-S-C-O, space Elysium, E-L-Y, S-I-U-M, which ironically enough, uh, also appears in Hades, but Disco Elysium right now is like a real critical darling and it's a point and click role playing game and I want to take exactly three minutes to tell you why I completely fucking hate this game Disco Elysium now, okay, before I go into it, I want to say in all fairness, it might be it might be my hatred of this game, my dislike of this game is almost purely emotional and might be based off of just my inherent bias because it's basically about a washed up drunk 
very much like me, um, in a game that is basically like games that I've designed. So, it's like, it's hard to give this game a fair shake, but I spent an hour with it this week. Um, it does require the MF Plat, uh, M- uh, Media Foundation fix, you know, from previous episodes. You can, it's super easy to do. You don't have to do it uh, by hand. You can just go to the GitHub and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Go see previous episodes if you need to know about that. But anyway, so you start off unconscious and it is all too smart and clever and narrative driven from the very fucking get-go where you are unconscious and talking to a disembodied disembodied uh, meta persona of yourself about the nature of existence and shit and whether or not you want to wake up and you wake up and you're in your trashed apartment um, and as a point and clicker one of my biggest problems okay so fine we'll, we, we'll forget the meta narratives and the all too clever by half and I know that sounds so insulting and it is it's a dim, dim, diminution of what the game is trying to do and etc and it's not entirely fair but I mean it just rubbed me the wrong way from get go it's like it's like being trapped in a slowly moving bad movie where you don't want to watch the movie but you are the movie and the movie itself is snarky about you and it's insulting and you hate yourself and it's really focused on the negative aspects of life and existence. It's just like the reason why I wanted to bring this up. Oh yeah, and the other thing is as a point and clicker you move very slowly in this fucking game. I don't know if it gets faster or whatever, but it has all the characteristics of like a visual novel that doesn't have the visual novel aspect of it. I will play it more, but I really, really dislike this game. And it's super depressing. Normally, I'm all about super depressing, because I am super depressing. But I don't know, maybe this game just cuts too close to the bone or it's there's a lot of artifice to the it's, it's like extended the sheer pretension and the like the I'm smarter than you of the like it's this snotty asinine um introverted uh navel gazing um judgmental snotty snide uh, snark, it's very funny, it's incredibly well written, and there are game totally does the one thing that I demand from all really excellent games it does have a profound illusion of free will um, like there are so many different types of uh, uh, like just reading like the first choice you get to make in terms of like your character, your character sheet there, I think there are like, I want to say six to eight different types of fundamental persona. Like, you know, you can be like a, a guy who's intuitive. You can be a guy who's charismatic. But the way the game expresses those things is um, reminding me of Pillars of Eternity, 
when Pillars of Eternity first came out, you could spend two hours just reading the lore associated with each aspect of your character and deciding which you wanted to pick. This is more obtuse, which is good because it's intentionally obtuse. It, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not like a binary sequence of like, oh, I'm going to be charismatic now. No, it's like, um, you know, our, our, it's very nuanced and subtle in that respect. And that much I appreciate. But it's really dark and super depressing. And it steals a lot from the original Deja Vu. But just, I, you know what? I got I got a cop to it. I think it's I think it might be I think my revulsion at this game that's the perfect word. Revulsion or repulsion. Re, re, repulse yeah. Repu- yeah. Yeah, both mean basically the same thing. Um well, one repels you, the other one is more emotional. Like you're disgusted by it. I I got a cop to it. I think it's just that it's so similar to um my one of my text-based adventure games that I wrote about three years ago. Um, it's not finished, but uh, it's not fun. That's the other thing, and I don't know if that's just me being biased because the game does a lot of things that I was kind of trying to do. But the way the game does these things, it's it's very judgmental. It's very strange in terms of how judgmental the game is and how, like, focused on absolute nihilistic despair it is. Um, and it's not something that you want to get for the holidays. I'm not, The reason I bring this up is because we're going to cover a lot of games this week because, uh, you know, blah. Oh, holy shit, it says I've only played 20 minutes of Disco Elysium. It felt like 50 hours. Um, everyone loves this game. Right now... It's 20% off from 40 bucks to $31.99. I would, especially during the holidays, I would say spend your money elsewhere. Um, everyone loves it. I don't know really why everyone loves it. I haven't given it, obviously, that much of a chance, but I was so disgusted with it. It was so fiercely negative. It's weird to hear that coming out of me. Because I'm the most negative motherfucker on the face of the planet. Like, I wrote a Christmas song today. I finally got around to write... Uh, not kidding. This is, I'm not lying. I, I, I record. I did a little demo recording of it for uh, Jeff Jeffy Wise. It's called All the Good Children Are Dead This Year. It's like, I am no stranger to negativity. <laughs> but this game is just fucking bleak and... and blah, you know... I will give it more of a chance after the new year, but I mean I, I don't know if you're anything like me, this is a dark time of year, which is why we're in the toy section right now, it's one of the great joys of having this podcast every fucking year during the goddamn holidays you know, for me to do it it's a reason to fucking live you know, we can focus on the toy section, you know, blah Disco Elysium is if you suffer from holiday depression at all, give it a pass. Get some of the other games that we're going to talk about. We have a huge selection of deals from the Steam Winter Sale. That brings us to our feature at last. Like I said, we might go for an hour and a half, but Ivor, based them with it. What are you 
epic! Oh. My. God. It's Bolivian. Bolivian! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's teacher. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. Bolivian! Ha ha! And that brings us to Google Stadia, our feature for this week. Um... For those of you who have missed previous installments of the podcast and the ongoing saga of Google Stadia and myself, um, last week, well, okay, so June 7th, I bought a Stadia Pro Edition. We'll talk about what uh, that means uh, in a bit, but anyway, that was June 7th. Ostensibly, it should have arrived on November like 8th or 7th or something like that. It didn't. Then I got an email confirmation saying that not only had it shipped, but that it had arrived on November 22nd and it had not arrived. Um, I live in a gated community. No one has ever ganked anything off of my fucking porch. Um, I'm almost positive they just they they did not fucking send it. My uh, three weeks of reaching out to Google and dealing with their very um, what do you call it? Um, very polite, very uh, super courteous and actually really cool as a system looking from the outside in um, tech support and order support people um, yielded no results. So, last week I bought a fucking other Stadia. They, they they said that my case has escalated. They have not issued me a refund, and they have not sent me a new Stadia. But, last week I ordered a Stadia because now through like, well, I mentioned it last week, um, I, they had a $20, or it was free second day shipping if you use their holiday promo code or whatever. So, last Saturday, I got my Google Stadia. Now, let's talk about why you should care about Stadia and why we're talking about it here on this podcast. First of all, Google Stadia runs on Linux. That's the first thing. So, there is, it's not a tenuous connection between Google Stadia and you know, the, purpose, the Best Links Games podcast. It's a very direct one. Although Google has gone to great lengths to make it seem as if, you know, they invented the whole fucking thing, you know, from the ground up. So what is Stadia? If you live under a rock, if you don't understand what Stadia is, here's the deal. You can think of Stadia as a game console. You could think of it that way, but you'd be wrong. Because it is not a game console. Google Stadia, all it is, if you buy like the Super Pro version or whatever, it's 130 bucks, I think. Um, I did get, I did redeem my founder's code. So, like, I am Skooky Sprite on Stadia. So, if you want to find me, friend me, or whatever, uh, feel free to. What Google Stadia is, is nothing short of a f- fucking unbelievable miracle. 
and it's one of the biggest technical achievements and I don't understand why people do not grasp this yet I did when they announced it at E3 but Google Stadia is one of the most impressive technical achievements if not the single most impressive technical achievements of my lifetime in terms of the history of the internet why do I say that? Google Stadia is just a Chromecast and basically Google's retake of an Xbox uh, generic Xbox 360 controller with like an extra button or two on it controller looks almost identical, mine's white um, it's got a D-pad, it's got two thumbsticks, it's got a little uh, button in the center where normally the Xbox button would be. It has a uh, basically a start and a select button, and then X, Y, A, and B, and two shoulder two shoulder buttons on each side. Uh, and then, but underneath on the face, underneath the start and select, there are two other buttons that Google is not yet really using. The other thing it comes with is a Chromecast Ultra. So, where's the console? This is all for 130 bucks. So where's the console? I hear you cry. When Google announced that Stadia would drop at E3, they announced their November release. That was like in June. They had spent unbelievable amounts of money to basically mimic the size, scope, scale, capability, etc. of Netflix's unbelievable network. They added server farms in secret all across the country is what I'm trying to say. What are these server farms there for? Google Stadia has no console. There is no console. There is almost no hardware. And in fact, as we'll discuss in a few moments, you don't even really need a you don't you don't need even the Chromecast Ultra that it comes with, really, to play Google Stadia. Google Stadia is the ultimate next generation console. Now, I'm not saying that there are caveats to this, but what, what I'm trying to tell you here is the operating system, the game, the video, the audio, all of it is streamed to you over the internet. And this is why I say it's such a technical achievement because they did this in secret. Now, what this means, this is a huge destabilizing force because guess what? Google Stadia not only fucking works, I live in Las Vegas. Google Stadia for me here in Vegas not only fucking works, it works flawlessly. It streams in 4K. Meaning that when I first plugged the Chromecast into one of my spare monitors, I have a big multi-monitor setup here at the Fortress of Darkness where I'm speaking to you from. Um, I didn't have it uh, wired with you know uh, Cat6 cable or anything. It was just running off my wireless network. Um, when I played Destiny 2 for the first time, and every time I played it subsequently, uh, 
not only does it run faster, better, smoother, and flawlessly, it runs better, faster, smoother, and more flawlessly than it would even on my $2,000 video card inside of my, you know, additional $3,000 computer with my multi-monitor setup. This is because Google has now made hardware obsolete. Now, there's some caveats to this. First one is this. Google Stadia does not have hardly any fucking games at all available for it. There's like literally 22 games um, as of now. Most of them are older games. All of them are very fucking expensive. You can expect to pay full price or more than what you would expect to pay full price for certain games uh, if you were to buy like the latest console edition of them. There are two major games that I was very much interested in and that I've used as my test case, one of which I've yet to play as of now. Like I said, we're going to go an hour and a half. First one is Destiny 2. Destiny 2 does not run on Linux, and yet it runs fine on Google Stadia. Really pisses me off. And it evidently runs on Steam. We are talking first-person shooter, massive multiplayer fucking 4K carnage arcade perfect is is what we used to call it that's what we used to call it back in the 90s and stuff when a when a arcade game got ported to like the Super Nintendo or the Genesis or those first first tiers of next generation quote unquote 16 bit well actually they were 16 bit uh, consoles we called them arcade perfect if they presented a convincing um, simulacrum or, you know, whatever. If they, if they were convincing enough, if they were close enough for jazz to the uh, arcade original that spawned them to do the console port. This is the early days of, of porting games to consoles. It is absolutely 100% arcade perfect. Now, there are two bottlenecks, apart from, you know, uh, well, there are two bottlenecks. Yeah, like limited number of games, very expensive. The second bottleneck, though, and this will depend on where you live, um, and what type of internet connection you have, and what type of network you're playing it on. All of this is being streamed to you while you're playing it live. And it is flawless. It's exactly as responsive as everything, you know, blah, 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 blah. It is arcade perfect. It is as good, if not better, than... I've read some reports of... Because I've never played Destiny 2 on any other machine. I know you can't play Destiny 2 on Linux. I've read uh, some reports um, from people who say that Destiny 2 via Stadia runs better than it does on their consoles or on their computers. Um, and I I'm, I believe it. It runs flawlessly. We're talking... It's fantastic. And the load times are lightning fast. So how does this work? Well, it's all being streamed to you. And this is what I don't think people understand. Now, we're going to talk about this in two different ways. The first way is why is this such a massive achievement? Well, Google basically did all of this in secret and then flipped the switch and it worked on day one. There are two 
organizations on the face of the planet that could have done this in secret or otherwise. The first is the NSA. But this is not really their um, their bailiwick. You know, they're not in the like streaming of operating system and video game and one to other people. They're more into the harvesting of data. But they have the technical capabilities to have done this in secret. The only, the only other organization on the face of the planet is Netflix. Netflix has possibly the biggest most widespread, most robust, most distributed with um, what do you call it? Uh, if you think of the country, if you think of the United States as um, a bucket geographically, okay? And if you think of like each area of the country as being a tier in that bucket, and then each tier being filled more or less with water, representing the, the the service's ability to deliver lightning fast streaming. Netflix formerly had formerly had the biggest and most robust network. They were most able to saturate all tiers of that bucket, all parts, all geographic regions of the United States with 100% connection speed. That's how they built their their model. They built it all on BSD. Google did this in secret. They didn't have a... They didn't roll it out like slowly over betas or whatever. They built their infrastructure for this in secret. And this is way more intensive, especially just in terms of CPU cycles. Say nothing of GPU, you know, blah, 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 blah. So what you get when you when you pony up 130 bucks for a Stadia controller which comes with a Chromecast Ultra is you get the controller and you get um, access to the Stadia service which essentially without any investment in hardware lets you buy ostensibly the latest and greatest although most of the games are old there's two, there's Red Dead Redemption 2 and uh, Destiny 2 that are, you know, they have a bunch of other games. There's 22 other games, but those are the only two real premier titles. One of them, actually, I guess Destiny 2 is older now, um, but it's new to me, and it's a game that I've wanted to play for fucking forever, because it should work on Linux. It is streaming the operating system and the game to you in real time. So it's a technical achievement, and they flipped the switch and it worked on day one. That's fucking crazy to me. I was taking bets, I was basically betting that it would not work until the end of either this fiscal quarter or the next fiscal quarter. No, it runs flawlessly right now. Of course, I'm in Las Vegas, blah, your internet and local area network settings and your connection type and etc. depend, you know, it's entirely dependent on that. But what this means is, oh, and by the way, not only did I te- test uh, Google Stadia with Destiny 2 here at my house, I took it to my mom's house. And my mom has this enormous fucking ranch house that is the worst internet of any fucking residential place I've been in Las Vegas over the last eight years as the worst internet from her guest room streaming over her Wi-Fi, which doesn't even reach the guest room 
I play Destiny 2 just as well as I do here at home. Blah. I mention this because one of the things that Stadia is quick to to recommend is that you actually plug into the Chromecast. Oh, by the way, the Chromecast plugs into your TV. That's it. The rest of Google Stadia is managed with just the controller, which doesn't plug into anything. It has actually has a built-in Wi-Fi card inside of it to boost its connectivity to the Chromecast, if that's how you're connecting. So all you need is a TV and the internet. You do not need a $5,000 computer, a $2,000 computer, or a $1,000 computer with a $2,000 video card in it. You don't need to buy a new console for $500 or whatever. $130. Done. This, over the next year, I... Google isn't pissing into the wind with this. Google is in this to win this. Right now, Xbox is launching something similar. It's in beta on their Azure platform, which is, wow, uh, not the hallmark of, you know, greatness. (laughs) Stadia runs fantastically. So I would say if you're in the contiguous United States of America, and depending on, you know, the if like you're in San Francisco, I don't know. If you're in a major metropolitan area that's heavily congested in terms of like uh, the bandwidth um, demands of the uh, populace, I could see it not working at all. Or if you're in very rural areas, I could also see it completely not working. But a friend of the show, Master Andy Wan, who is in, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, he's in Albuquerque, which is not a small town. It's a, that's a, it's like a million fucking, I don't know what the population of Albuquerque is, but it's, 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 it's not the middle of nowhere, but it is in New Mexico. He was the first person to tell me, oh my god, you haven't gotten your stadia yet? It runs fucking amazing! Oh my god, I love it so much! And I didn't believe him, and I didn't think it would work for me, because nothing ever works for me. Mine showed up, it works flawlessly. Now, here's the thing about this that's gonna change everything. It's going to change everything. With two caveats. It's gonna change everything over the next year, because all of a sudden now, the primary driver behind consumer spending in the uh, technical entertainment you know like if you own a computer uh, you know a personal computer that's you know uh, tricked out enough to run the latest and greatest games via Steam whether it be Linux or not then you understand Google Stadia means you can if all you do is play games on your computer, you can throw it away. Imagine what this does to the hardware market. Imagine what this does to destabilize, to further destabilize something that Steam has done very well, to destabilize the major hardware manufacturers' um, subservience to Windows and DirectX and etc., over the last six years since we started this podcast, that bond, that, um, what do you call it, indentured, that's, that, um, business relationship between Microsoft Windows, which is still the big, don't get me wrong, Microsoft Windows is still the biggest number of eyeballs in the world for video games on a computer. Steam has completely destabilized that. This, Google Stadia, 
It destroys that. It doesn't just destroy that bond. It destroys the market for literally you can't buy a, a modern like okay I have a 1080 Ti I have an NVIDIA 1080 Ti in my computer right now there is no reason on earth that I will ever buy another fucking video card my 1080 Ti cost me about 1800 bucks almost two grand never again never again because now for 130 bucks and by the way there's also a subscription uh, thing if you want to do that you don't have to do the subscription thing it's 10 bucks a month ostensibly that in the it the idea was that you pay the 10 bucks a month um it's not for the service itself it's that is to get the pro level of the service which ostensibly affords you free games that are built into the stadia and they're you know supposed to be rolling them out there's like really not that much out there that you care about that's free anything that's not free you're gonna have to pay full price or better for so Red Dead Redemption 2 cost me 60 bucks but here's the deal what is this going to do to the market for hardware itself what is this going to do whether or not you believe in Google being able to do it and by the way Google does not lay out fucking two years of a well laid plan to fucking roll out servers all across the fucking country to live stream not just the CPU cycles not for like you know the actual game but for the actual operating system underneath the game itself which is actually Linux um, along with all of this, the GPU cycles and along with all of the bandwidth that is required to do that. They don't lay out this kind of investment to piss in the wind and abandon it. That's my hunch. But regardless of whatever happens with Stadia, the first fucking salvo has been fired. And it is a shot that is not being heard around the world, which is surprising to me because the market will begin to reflect this humongous change um over the yeah over the next 3 fiscal quarters i'm talking about the hardware market and by hardware i don't just mean pc gaming i mean console gaming there is no longer a real reason you know, there is one good reason to either have a pc or a console i have no consoles except for the stadia I, I do most of my gaming via Steam on Linux. You know, that's, I only game on Linux. And Stadia runs Linux, so I, I include that in the, the mix. Fine, we'll go an hour and 45 minutes. Fuck it. No one will ever listen to this fucking episode. Whatever. I'm real... It's it's much later now, by the way. It's like 2.40 in the morning on December 21st. I had to take a, a break. I had a bunch of errands and shit I had to run. Sorry about that. I'm breaking the magic that is radio. I know. Thank you, Ivor. Fuck you. You're fired. Even if Google... So the major obstacle to um, everyone just buying a fucking Stadia or some other similar service... And by the way, Microsoft is only in beta. They're they're calling it, I think it's xCloud. Yeah. Yeah. Microsoft has an advantage there. And Steam has an advantage as well. Both of those two other, if you look at software as a service, 
And if you look at hardware as a service, Richard Stallman would be vomiting in our mouths. He'd be like, you are making yourself slaves. You are making gaming a service. And you'd be right. But anyway, Steam and and Microsoft both have two advantages over Stadia that Stadia cannot touch yet. They have built-in relationships with every fucking developer and publisher and exclusivity agreements with the major publishers um, in some, for certain license... For What's the word? Um, certain franchises, certain you know, blah. That's great. They have humongous back catalogs. I can play fucking 20,000 games on Linux. Literally, it's something like that. It's more like maybe 14, 15,000 via Proton. Um, on my Linux box via Steam, and Steam has relationships built up with um, the major publishers, developers, and independent developers in particular. Google Google is not fucking around. And if there's anyone on the face of the planet that can leverage their market forces to strong arm every publisher and etc, 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 I don't know what their their um, licensure agreement is, what their pro forma, you know, boilerplate uh, exclusivity requirements are and etc. Um, I imagine they're very lax because there's nothing on Stadia right now that you can't play anywhere else other than Stadia. Um, trust me, they will put together those relationships and there is no other company on the face of the planet that can put together those relationships. I'm talking about like hardball, hook or crook, you play with me or you don't play at all type of you know, we can make it very difficult for you and your company, you and your you you as a publisher, we can make it very difficult in numerous soft and hard pressure kind of ways. And I'm sure that they're not, you know, coercing, you know, blah. It's it's cause this is exciting. This is exciting. But if they have to, I would not put it past them. We've seen Google be evil, you know, not to the same scale or whatever as Facebook, but you know, this is this is technology today, once Stadia has the games which I expect a major announcement by the end of this next quarter um that's it I mean that's it one of the biggest disappointments about Stadia apart from the high price of the actual games that you have to buy licenses for by the way, once you get it, once you pay your money, there's nothing to download it's just there now we have we have some overtaken by event stuff that we have to get to before we get to the deals, and but before we get to any of that, I want to tell you many thanks go out to Blaster PR BPR this week who yesterday sent me a Steam message. He's like, oh yeah, you know, because he was thinking about buying a Stadia, and you know, he's kept tabs on me. It's like, have you played it on your computer yet? I'm like, you can't play it on your computer. He's like, yeah, you can. And so I, I googled it and this is probably my favorite thing about Stadia. If you have any sort of older computer 
anything basically with a monitor. It can even be a Macintosh. Does not work on um, iPads. I think it works on some Android devices. But realistically, my mom's 13-year-old Toshiba laptop that I keep as a toy. It is an ancient fucking laptop, but does have a screen. And guess what? You take a USB connector, USB-C connector, you plug it into the Stadia, you open up a web browser and go to go to stadia.com after you set up your account and everything, which happens um, basically on your phone. There's two apps. You have to install Google Google Home and then the Stadia app on your phone. That's how you do the setup and the networking setup. But if that, that's if you're going to go through the Chromecast, which is if you're going to turn any TV into Google Stadia, which is amazing in of itself. Even better though, open up a web browser, go to stadia.com, log in with your credentials, plug in your controller, and bam, it is the same thing without the Chromecast. Fucking amazeballs. Beyond that, for people who are skeptical, further skeptical, and I'm still skeptical, I'm waiting for this all to fucking, you know, explode in my face. For those of you who are further skeptical of the bandwidth requirements, etc., etc., oh, and by the way, there is no compression. This is full 4K, full audio. It has a pinhole microphone. Everyone, you can talk into the controller, just like, you know, blah. Or you can use your own microphone if you're on your PC or whatever, or any combination thereof. It has a uh, headphones out, but, you know, if you're playing on your PC with speakers or on your TV with a soundbar, you don't really need that, but if you want to play it, you know, quietly, you just it goes right into the controller. Um, I've done this twice now. Streaming via OBS from Destiny 2 running in Google Chromium Chromium on my Linux box flawlessly. Ostensibly, Google has plans to uh, convert uh, the one of those buttons that I mentioned underneath the start and select buttons into a instantly live stream button. So through Google servers, they will be streaming to you your operating system, your video game, your sound, everything, and your play experience along with everyone else playing the game while you simultaneously live stream it back to Google servers. But my experience with OBS and Google Stadia, flawless. And if you want to fucking stress test an internet connection, short of downloading all the fucking porn, all the torrents in the world, while you're live streaming Amazon fucking Prime movies on your TV and you're fucking uh, video chatting with someone on Skype, and you're live streaming. That is the best way to really stress test. You want to you see where the rubber meets the road. That is a great way to do it. Flawless results. Knock me out of my fucking chair. In fact, I've read that you don't even need the Stadia controller. I've not tried this yet. 
all you need is like a generic Xbox controller if you're doing this straight up through your PC or a laptop or whatever. If you're going through a TV, obviously you need the Chromecast and the Stadia controller. But there is no wire between the Stadia controller and the Chromecast. It is fucking amazing. It is like a magic trick, the likes of which you can't believe. But beyond just the novelty of like, oh yeah, I want to go over to someone's house. I don't need to bring over a fucking console or my computer or anything. I just bring over a fucking... It, like, fits in your pocket. The fucking Xbox-looking controller and, like, the Chromecast. Bam! Um, beyond that magic trick aspect of it, what's really crazy about Chrome, about Google Stadia is the sheer unbelievable stress test. They, they, they flipped the switch and nothing burnt out on a scale that no one has really ever done ever. Not NASA, not even the NSA. All of those organizations, and not even Netflix, have done this sort of shit incrementally. Google fucking flipped the switch and it works. And it is amazing. Um, Other than the high cost of games and lack of uh, games in general, although I can't play Red Dead Redemption 2 on Linux. It does not run via Proton because of fuck you, Rockstar. Um, but I really want, I have mixed feelings about the entire franchise. I have played and beaten both of the other two games. Um, and I really want, and everyone I know, including Jojo Kimon Kendall, who's a major fan, friend of the show, friend of mine, major fan of Red Dead Redemption 2. When I discovered that it didn't run on Linux via Proton. Fuck you, Rockstar. If there was no such thing as Stadia, I would have... I'd be left with two alternatives. First is to build, buy and or build a new computer that's running Windows and play it on that. For, you know, somewhere between... I'd say, you know, somewhere around like maybe three grand, 2500 You might be able to get away with that. Um, it's really just the video card that you need uh, plus the RAM and then the monitors and everything. And I'm not going to play it on Windows anyway because I run the Best Linux Games podcast and I have too many games to play as it is for Linux. So that that was out of the question. And I, I, I don't have the money. I, I'm fucking broke. Option number two is to buy one of the latest next, 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 next generation console systems, which basically go for around somewhere between 400 and if you factor in the controller and everything, it's going to be around 700 bucks. Get you in and out the door at, at the most for like a thousand, for a grand, for a G. That's a lot of money to play a $60 fucking video game. With Google Stadia, all of that goes out the window. It's 130 bucks. And then 60 bucks for the game. And I could play it anywhere. Anywhere that has a screen. This is going to change. Now, regardless of whether or not Google is successful, and trust me, I... I mean, Google has abandoned a lot of shit before, but that's predominantly been software projects, and mainly through lack of interest or through lack of uh, seeing a... Google's been planning this for years and this is the first time they've gone into gaming they've not done it haphazardly they spent ye- they had to have spent years rolling out the server farms to make this work so i don't think google's pissing into the wind with this but even if they are this the fact that this works 
and it works flawlessly. I mean, 4K, better than my computer, better than my $5,000 computer. Loads faster than my computer, and it's a pickup, a pure pickup and play experience. It's entirely portable. No matter what happens in terms of Google's relationship with this technology, this technology is now here. And it's not in beta. This is not a proof of concept. This is rolled out to the entire country, mas o menos, depending on your connectivity and your local, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is, mark my words, if you own, I'm just saying this as like an investor, if you own stock in hardware companies that are, you know, predominantly focused on the consumer the consumer entertainment uh, tier of hardware manufacturing to wit, like if they are heavily focused on um, video cards, etc I would be selling I would be selling now while the selling is good because in two quarters three quarters by the certainly by the end of 2021 this is the future it's not going to be on your phone. It's going to be in the cloud. And uh, that's... And it's amazing. I mean, it is amazing. So, nothing to configure. You know, it's very it's very easy to set up, although it does require two apps on your phone, which is a kind of a counterintuitive thing, and it's a little bit of a pain in the ass. And then anytime you move the Chromecast, you have to set up a new house. But, it, like, once you do it once, it's like... It takes literally it's as fast as fucking connecting telling, pointing it towards, you know your Wi-Fi network and then giving it the password and then doing that same thing in Stadia and then it instantly pairs and it's 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 amazing it's fucking amazing no more computer think about that so before we get to what you all really want I know you're hungry for the deals uh, the Steam Store sale this this year is unbelievable. As I mentioned, some we've been overtaken by events, which is Diplo Cable, Diplomatic Cable Speak for since I originally wrote this, other shit has happened before I could get a chance to actually send you this cable. That would in this case, th- this episode is the cable. One of the games that I have tried the hardest to get running flawlessly on Linux via Proton of this year. It's not a game that came out this year, but it is a game that I discovered this year. And it's one of the, I mean, it's an amazing game. It's called Echo, E-C-H-O. Over the last like six to nine months-ish, I think it's about nine nine months-ish now, I've been trying to get Echo to... Uh, show the cutscenes because the game makes no sense without the cutscenes and the game is fucking phenomenal has the best title screen I have ever seen of any game maybe ever and easily of the last 20 years I want to say at least in the top 5 it's fantastic won't bore you with details about what Echo is etc this is not Echo the Dolphin this is a far flung uh, science fiction future third person um, action adventure game um, with really intense sci-fi elements and a little bit of horror um, and it is incredible 
it's so incredible that I spent almost two hours playing it without the cinema. So the story doesn't make any didn't make any sense to me. And I've spent over the last last nine months since I found Echo, I've probably spent forty fucking hours trying everything to get the fucking cutscenes to run in line with the game. I've tried everything. Well, thanks to a guy on ProtonDB.com I happened to check tonight and this guy wrote out detailed instructions on how to get it to work and it fucking works. His name is Server 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 something uh, CE something. I tried to friend him but I does not look like he is accepted my friend request. Um, long and short of it is this. You need a thing called Proton Tricks, which is like wine tricks, but it's a wrapper for wine tricks for games that use Proton as well as wine. It's a compatibility layer to a compatibility layer. And uh, all the instructions are there. It's all on GitHub. Um, you do Proton Tricks, uh, double hyphen, uh, GUI, GUI, and then you can just select from a friendly pop-up menu. You don't have to configure your prefix or anything like that, although you do have to run, uh, the MF install. But he, he, it's all one paragraph. It's a very short paragraph, although installing Proton Tricks was slightly more difficult than blah. All of this leads me to one final thought, and then we'll get to our deals. Um, if you use the GitHub, uh, Zozo, I think it's Zozo, or whatever the fuck the guy's name, MF hyphen install, um, shell script to install, uh, to do the uh, Media Foundation fix to get, um, cutscenes playing in most of your games and stuff that don't that where where they don't work. If you need more details on that, go back and li- just skip back four episodes of this podcast to go and listen to them all, and you know you'll pick it up. It I won't go into more detail on that, but one thing I found and I didn't think of, I've been using an ancient Git clone of MF install from literally like a year ago. It's of course been updated constantly throughout that time period um so one of the problems that I had with the cutscenes in Echo was that I was using an ancient MF fix but I had tried doing it by hand and I know how to do it by hand I wrote a fucking guide to do it by hand um and that didn't work there's some other steps you need to take that basically best and easiest way is to use proton tricks to accomplish them I'll link to... Actually, I won't even link to it. Just go to the Proton B page. By the way, Echo right now is on sale um, as is everything uh, during the Steam store... Winter, Steam winter, Steam winter sale. Let's see. It's 60% off now through January 2nd. $9.99 and it is phenomenal. I, I've been busy all fucking day after I found out that it worked after I made it work I texted Jeff Jeffy Wise I'm like fuck yes 
yes, 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 yes. He's like, what's going on? Echo, echo, yes, yes, it works, finally. So you will be hearing more about Echo following Christmas. That brings, but I had to, I mean, if you've been listening to this podcast at all this year, then you know my quest to get Echo to work this way. Oh, and the game is so much better. I, I I just watched the intro and took my first steps again in a new game, and I was ah, oh, it makes so much more sense, and it is so much better. It is an amazing game. All right, now that brings us to the end of this week's episode, which means the deals, and we're not going to have the music because I'm fucking exhausted and I'm drunk and it's like 3 in the morning and I'm expecting company at any moment so we're going to go through these fairly quickly but before we do I want to mention something else about the Steam Winter Sale this year that's different two things in fact one they have a um, a mini game that makes common functions that formerly were useless or sucked or didn't work, or didn't work well, or weren't there. Um, aspects of the client and the Steam store, you do these little tasks that use aspects of the Steam uh, client's integrated store and etc. to earn points. Also, and we'll talk about that more in a second, but also, and more importantly, and probably more to the point, every dollar you spend during the Steam store, Steam winter sale this year, get every thousand points. Every dollar equals a thousand points. These points you can redeem for further purchases. So last night I spent like 40 bucks about like, I don't know, five games. I bought some really good games last night. When I went to buy some more games today, as I was checking out, there's a little special thing that said, do you want to redeem? You've, you know, you have 42,000 points or whatever. Do you want to redeem some of them for $5 off of this order? And you can do that over and over again. It seems like does not work for when you're gifting stuff to people, but you can easily recoup. There's a lot of games on this fucking list that if you, if you, depending on how you strategize, you know, blah, you can actually get them for fucking free, is what I'm trying to say. Um, that's fucking awesome. It's way better than all the Steam trading cards and playing cards and bullshit collectible, you know, flash in the pan shit from this sale or that sale or whatever. Because all that stuff you can basically buy on the marketplace long after the sale's over. This actually gives you a compelling reason to fucking spend some fucking money for Christmas, bitches, and get yourself some discounts and then after you gorge yourself on all the sweet, sweet deals, you can gorge yourself some more on even cheaper deals and discount yourself five bucks off of the price of purchase. So, like, it's entirely possible to get easily. This is a great winter sale, and I'm not just saying that to hype it up. This winter sale is much better than last year's, if I remember correctly. Um, it's way better than the autumn sale, as you'll soon see. But it is entirely possible to get five games for free after you bought, you know, like 
40 bucks in other games, but all the games are so steeply discounted. That's like fucking 15 games. It's it's a really good sale this year, and I love this new mechanic. One of the cooler things, though, is so let's say you don't want to get points that way. If you complete these mini tasks, which I thought were just ludicrous and stupid, but I just did one just to see, you know, what the fuck. Because it promised me I'm a sucker for, you know, Steam emojis for the, for the Steam chat, even though I barely ever use any of the ones that I've even fucking collected cards and bought off the marketplace and stuff, you know, they're all cheap or whatever, like 15 cents for a fucking, you know, uh, snake from Phantom Pain, which is one of my favorite emojis. Anyway, one of the tasks is to do a quote-unquote deep dive, which means using a feature that I did not even know they had perfected in Steam, and guess what? They have perfected it. It's very good. The idea of the deep dive challenge is to use the Steam introspection tool. I can't remember what the official name of it is. It lets you click on any game in your library. It pulls up a tree of other games that it thinks it's using its artificial intelligence and heuristics to, well, you know, pseudo pseudo artificial intelligence. It's it's AGI. Artificial, you know, not generic intelligence, but, uh, uh, task-specific intelligence and heuristics to com- to try to find six other games that are like that game. It is really, really, really good. If you, like I, have ignored your discovery queue ever since, you know, you spent a month playing with it and just been, like, frustrated and at the nonsense of it, this is light years beyond it. Because, so... For instance, I picked Nova Drift as my starting game. I wanted to find more games like Nova Drift. It pulled up six games. Then you can click on any one of those six games and it'll show you more games that are even more like the game that you picked and like the original game. And it matches not just via keyword. One of my favorite things is, and this is how I discovered Witch and Hour, Spirits Abyss, Rashlander, Battle Planet, Judgment Day, Out of Mine, uh, yeah, those were the, I actually ended up getting all six. I went like four levels deep and I, cause I was trying to see by what, I know, how does it know? And it tells you the criteria that it used to match that it, you know, so that you know that like what it thinks it's thinking about to show you, you can't correct it at all. It's not like uh, you can't train it. Um, in the deep dive thing, but this is an amazing feature because it doesn't just match via keyword or um, tag or game type. It goes a little bit further than that. Like, one of my favorites is I matched you with this game because it too is well-loved, meaning highly reviewed, but also relatively unknown. Now, if you're like me, and if you've never heard this before, it's still true, I play over 256 games on average on a slow year, and that was before Proton, for Linux every year. That is easily 10,000 games a day. So my Steam results for like, you know, this sort of heuristic uh, type matching 
prior to this has always fucking sucked and yet it is the one tool that I need the most because I need to know what I am not seeing, what I have missed what is, what's fallen in between the cracks or what game, or how, like if I'm assembling a feature, if I'm you know, every couple of months I'll, I'll do a, a big themed show, like uh, last week's show is supposed to actually be themed around side-scrolling platformers it is real. It used to be really difficult to find all the side-scrolling platformers that are really good, that everyone loves, that are highly reviewed, that are recent, like you know, from the last two years, three years, that are of a certain art style um, that I have not seen because I spend at least an hour every day combing through every fucking thing that's on the Steam store. The old discovery queue, I thought was going to fix this, but it, it was such shit. And, you know, I gave up on it last year, a year, you know, like I gave up on it a month after they introduced it. I, I gave it a, I gave it the old college try. It failed spectacularly. And it feels like you're being marched through some sort of weird marketing campaign that it just sucks. The discovery queue sucks. This tool is unbelievable. So keep that in mind. You no longer need to go to like a uh, third-party website and, and give it access to all of your um, to make public your uh, Steam library, so that then it can let you do compound searches. This is even better than any of those uh, third-party website tools that I have used. And well, there's there's only I think there's only one now that still does that. But anyway, it is fantastic, and you need to check it out because like. It works. It really works, which is nuts. It's like having. I want to play more. I, I, show me all the games that are really good that are like this game in my library, and it, we'll pull them up, and they are accurate, and they're really good, and they are like that game. Unfucking believable. Took them long enough. It's nothing that complicated. I mean, you or I could. I mean, I've fucking written logic that's more complicated than the heuristics that go into um, its its uh, title selection uh, for this. But it's so cool. And as you descend through the trees, because each game, like I so like, I started with Nova Drift, and then I went to I clicked on like Witch Hour, and then I clicked on Spirits Abyss, and then I clicked on Rashlander, and I ended up with Battle Planet. So it's like six, 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 six. Title. So as you drill down, it gets better and better and better. But even the first six are really good matches. Um, and they're games that it knows that you don't know about, it seems like. I'm almost positive that's true because this is the easiest time I've had finding uh, Pixel Trash, uh, shoot 'em up, basically top down either space or um, zombie grinder-esque games and I did it all from just Nova Drift because I love Nova Drift so we're going to do the deals this week sans music, we have a lot to get through hopefully I can get this done in 10 minutes man there are some fantastic deals this year sans music, okay here we go I am the very model of the Major General I'm the Moonlight of the Kissimmee and I'm the historical method when I can tell it's like a mouse arrival from a javelin. Anyway, here we go. Mm, strategy. 
strategy. You say you better meet your general is never strategy. You say you better meet your general is never strategy. Say you better meet your general is never strategy. Say you better meet your general is never strategy. And you are all in the party and the victory is all in the party and the century. In medicine, animal, vegetable, and mineral, I have a very model of a modern mission general. Fuck it, Ivor. Hit it. First off. These are in no particular order, but these are my... These are just some of my picks, my little gems. There's so much out there. First off, Rayman Legends. As extolled ridiculously, you know, effusively, etc. Um, in last over the last uh, month of the episodes of this podcast, Rayman Legends. All of these deals, by the way, go through January second. They're all part of the Steam Winter Sale. Rayman Legends, fucking unbelievable side-scrolling platformer. It's impossible not to love Rayman Legends. Rayman Legends is love itself. Rayman Legends is 75% off at $7.49. Buy it for yourself and then buy copies for everyone that you love who loves side-scrolling platformers because it is fantastic. Um, Next, Super Mutant Alien Assault. 80% off, $1.99. Fission Superstar X. Six, uh, 50% off, $7.49. I am not real sure how I feel about that game. I only got to play it for 15 minutes last night. But it's like a side-scrolling shooter with a... If Faster Than Light, if FTL, had been a side-scrolling shooter like R-Type, but where you're a capital ship, that is kind of what Fission Superstar X is like. Also... BPR, Blaster PR, would kill me if I failed to mention that Monster Hunter World, critical darling, by the way, of all awards, Steam Awards, etc., a Monster Hunter World, 60% off, runs great via Proton, $23.99. That would make a great gift if you have, like, a a kid who's, like, you know, 12 or 13 or whatever, um, and you're looking for, like, or, you know, like a nephew or something. That is a great gift. They will just shit their pants. Or, if they're BPR, they'll just shit their pants anyway, because BPR, I've not seen Plaster PR more in love with the game than he is with Monster Hunter World. Um, I keep meaning to find more time to go back to it, but he fucking loves it. He posted in our Discord, this is like, eh, seven weeks ago, like, posted all these animated gifs of, like, him playing the game. He's like, Monster Hunter World is the greatest fucking game ever made! And he, like, just kept posting that over and over again. It was hilarious. He only did it, like, twice. He wasn't spamming. Um, one of my perennial favorites, that Blood EXDE, I know for a fact, loves the way I love it, Abraham Lincoln, bitches, Payday 2. A game far superior to Counter-Strike. Um, in, at least in its current iterations, iterative forms. Payday 2, right now, through January 2nd, is 90% off at 99 cents. Team Sonic Racing, which is the Sega Genesis franchise mascot uh, version of a ripoff of Mario Kart. It's nowhere near as good as Mario Kart, but it's pretty good. I only got to play it for 15 minutes while I was stoned two nights ago. Team Sonic Racing is 75% off uh, $9.99. Now, for the really good delicious shit, okay? 
one of the biggest deficits on Linux, with or without Proton, in, in terms of inside of Steam, has been a surfeit of fucking excellent fighting games. I have two for you right now. I mean, yes, we have Tekken 7. That runs great. And Tekken 7, actually, it's not on my list, but it's on sale. As is Soul Calibur 6, uh, which is also fantastic. And that runs great online. And so does Tekken 7, um, etc. Next two don't... I haven't gone to play them online. But these are two unbelievable high-quality flagship titles from the last number of years in the fighting arena oeuvre, domain, genre, whatever the fuck. Number one, Guilty Gear XRD. That's like the turnth, but it's the turd. Which I wonder if they thought about that. XRD Revelator is 75% off at $7.49. Not since Samurai Showdown really has there been a uh, I can't remember which Samurai Showdown because there's so many Samurai Showdowns now. Um, but Guilty Gear this is basically the most recent Guilty Gear. It is fantastic. Hardcore. Two-dimensional side-scrolling fighting action. You'll love it. It is gorgeous. It does require that you run it with um, Proton uh, 4.2, not 4.11, not the latest Proton. It won't run with the latest Proton, but that's easy. Just go to properties of the game, click on, you know, Guilty Gear XRD Revelator, right-click on it, go to properties, and then at the bottom of the first page, it says, uh, or I think it's the first page, uh, but it might be under a tab. It doesn't matter. At the bottom of the thing, it says for Steam to use a specific iteration of Proton as a compatibility tool, you just want to go to 4.2 for that game. And you don't have to change, you know, it for everything. You just have to do it for Guilty Gear XRD. I haven't gotten it to run with anything else, including uh, Proton 4.19GE. Uh, although I hear that Proton uh, 4.21GE uh, or whatever is also out. I haven't played with it yet. But Guilty Gear XRD Revelator, 75% off, $7.49. Next one is a super big one, because I've been trying to play one of these, well, a game from this franchise since, since fuck, since this was like in the arcades. So we're talking like 15 years ago. Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. All of your favorite Marvel heroes, all of your favorite Capcom fighting heroes, versus each other in four-on-four insane tag team matches, highly technical, gorgeous graphics, phenomenal fucking juggles, combo, highly, highly technical, highly technical, runs great on Linux via Proton. Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, 70% off at $7.49. And finally, like I, me- like I mentioned, Witching Hour, Spirits Abyss, Rashlander, Battle Planet, Judgment Day, Atomine. I haven't gotten to play any of those games, but basically all of them, with the exception of one of them, is 99 cents. So if you bought like three of the games so far on this list that are like above $5, that will get you. Like if you bought Monster Hunter World and. Uh, both of these fighting games, Guilty Gear XRD, Revelator, and Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, that would be, okay, 24 bucks for Monster Hunter, 
and then 14, 15, uh, $8.16. So 24, 30, 40 bucks. So if you want Monster Hunter World, Guilty Gear Extra D, Revelator, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, that would be 40 bucks. That will get you $5 off your next purchases if you wanted to redeem it. All of the games I just mentioned, Witching Hour, Spirits Abyss, Rash Laner, Battle Planet, Judgment Day, and Atomine, you can basically get all those games for free. But it would not be Best Things Games Podcast if we didn't try to have something for everyone in the Steam Winter Sale. And that and in my case, that means virtual reality. And one of my favorite virtual reality games is on sale. Space Pirate Trainer. I mean what did you do last night? Oh, I killed drones and they went on and on and on. And I'm on solo, bitches. Space Pirate Trainer. Pavlov VR is off my game of the year list because it doesn't work anymore. And Dave Vils is like very reticent to fix it for anyone. And everyone has basically given up and it's been two months now. It's been over two months. It's been just around two months since it's been broken. So second it, second favorite is probably Space Pirate Trainer, and then third favorite is Boneworks. Space Pirate Trainer, 30% off, $9.99. So get the fuck out there, kids, and do what Jesus Christ himself would want you to do and buy a bunch of materialistic bullshit to feed the ever gaping, gnawing hole of agony that's inside of your soul. Only through the steam winter sale can you be healed, my brothers and sisters. Do you hear me? Can I get an amen? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, yeah. That'll do it. I will see you next week. Have a happy and safe uh, holiday season. And um, be sure to watch the live stream uh, of us on Twitch. Uh, if you have any spare moments, you know, etc. We'll be, we'll still be gaming. Uh, hopefully. Um, and seriously, avail yourself of some of these deals. They're really, really good this year. This is like the tip of the iceberg, but I wanted to chisel away at some of the, the, the titles that I really felt that you should not miss at the steepest discounts that you might otherwise overlook. Um, so yeah. Oh, one final thing. This kills me, but yesterday, my current favorite and the most difficult ever skateboarding game, Session, that's the name of the game, it's called Session, which we've talked about extensively on this podcast over the last six weeks, got a humongous update and that game does not update very often it's still in early access I have yet to have a chance to sit down and play it looking forward to it have a have yourself a merry little Christmas I leave you with crack engineer Ivor Mal- Ivor I didn't I got you fired for Christmas what, what would you like there's still time. There's still time to get you something. What do you want from me for Christmas? Now you listen. Now you listen. For you're going to be a meek little housewife with horn rimmed spectacles. And you're going to stay away from men and juke joints and booze and pinball machines. And you're going to wear a skirt and low heeled shoes. And you're going to wear a girdle. And especially a girdle. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
a good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna cry four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy yaddy. Four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice. I work at Burger King making flavor whoppers. I wear paper hats. Would you like an apple pie with that? Would you like an apple pie with that? Ding by the done, ding by the done, ding by the done, ding by the done. I gotta run, I gotta run, I gotta run, I gotta run. Don't bother fighting hot fat, it really hurt bad, and so do skin grabs. Would you like an apple pie with that? Would you like an apple pie with that? Where is the bell? Wait for the bell. Can't eat the bell. Where Ding by the dun, 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 ding by the dun. Ding fries are done by Billy's.